We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, TMI, I, too much internet information. That's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on geico.com you could save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Mm. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It's Friday, September 4th, 2015. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. NFL Draft underscore RW on Twitter for those of you who want to follow along at home. We got some injury updates today. Elshon Jeffrey, LaShawn McCoy, Travis Kelsey, among others. The preseason wrapped up on Thursday night. Thankfully, uh, we'll break that down. At least the games are going to start to count. I mean, that's that's the huge thing is the, the preseason's over. Like, aside from the fact that you're not going to watch meaningless football anymore, the next football you watch will be meaningful. I think that's the, the key there. Uh, we may squeeze in a little bit of grilled cheese talk before we sign off, too, if there's time. Maybe a grilled cheese cheat sheet will be uh, unveiled. We'll see. I may not have enough time to do that today, but it's on it's on the back burner at the very least, or the back griddle, I guess you'd say. This podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes or Stitcher. Please leave us a nice review if you happen to be listening to us on those platforms, and that's where you'd go to unsubscribe from this podcast if you hate what we talk about today. So, you know, just helping you out there in case you don't just, like this podcast. Just subscribe, anymore. though. Just stay subscribed, guys. Just stay on there so your device continues to get new episodes and it counts as traffic for us. You don't, you don't have to listen, but please stay subscribed and tell your friends. It would also be cool if, even if you didn't want to listen, if you would just play the file and then just walk away from your device for a while. Like, if you didn't want to listen, like that'd be an acceptable alternative as well. Yeah, you can do that. Well, the biggest news in my world today is I was actually offered a trade in the Stopa Law Firm League. 
Uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's a 12-team super flex league. So basically, it's a two-quarterback format. Uh, long story short, it was a one-for-one offer I received. It was Tom Brady coming my way straight up for Lamar Miller, which, again, in a one-quarterback league, I would never do. I'd much prefer Miller. But in this instance, Mario, I'm positioned to have to lean on Brian Hoyer as my second quarterback, which is bad. I've got Andre Ellington as a third running back, so he kind of slots in from flex to RB2. It would probably put like Marcus Colston or a Danny Woodhead type player in my flex spot, which is, again, it's a half-point PPR, so it's not a terrible format for guys like Colston and Woodhead. But ultimately, I'm just trying to figure out if I'm willing to give up on Lamar Miller. I don't think it's a bad offer. I just want to know, like, should I give up Lamar Miller in this deal? Well, Lamar Miller uh, himself is is a fine asset. If you if if you were to trade him, it wouldn't be because like oh it's you know down on Miller sort of thing. Uh, obviously, he had uh, just under eleven hundred yards rushing last year. Five point one yards per carry on two hundred or more attempts is always impressive. He did that. Uh, he caught thirty eight passes. I don't know what reason they have in Miami to not give him more work this year because he's obviously quite good. Uh, the offense could be improved there too if uh, Tannehill takes a step forward, and uh, you know the rookie Devonte Parker and Kenny Stills provide some explosiveness downfield. Um, but yeah, as far as far as the specific trade goes, uh, you said behind Ellington it was Woodhead and who at running back? Well, it's Woodhead at running back. As far as the next guy, I'd probably have to lean on, and then Marcus Colston is my receiver on the bench. Who, who is I'm not the using? Who is who is behind Woodhead? Otherwise, at running back. Oh, I got Buck Allen after that. So it, I mean, it's, it's so my my roster is Murray at the first running back spot. Lamar Miller is the second. Ellington's the third. Woodhead and Buck Allen. That's my five running back group right now. Do you have a third quarterback behind Horrier? No, I don't because the Brady suspension was uh, vacated. So Jimmy Garoppolo, worthless, and RG three got concussed, and his coach hates him. So I only mm. have Hoyer as a second option. Nice. Um, I actually would probably hold on to Miller. I think between Murray and uh, Ellington, you'd, you'd have a little more durability uh, troubles there than I would like to put in the top two running backs. And uh, I played a, a, flex, a quarterback flex uh, league for the first time last year, and I definitely overemphasized the quarterback thing uh, and underemphasized the running back position. So it's like I the difference between a Hoyer average week and you know the bottom ish. Uh, tier of performances from some of the above average guys will be surprisingly close I think but the distance between a Lamar Miller and like a Terrence West or something like that is is pretty big I think yeah I think you're right about that and there are enough jobs that'll turn over at quarterback too where I could probably find a third quarterback if I'm just diligent about getting on the waiver wire in the early weeks you can have Manziel uh save the season for you in like yep. week eight could stash him away I think Tyrod Taylor is up for oh, dribs dude, in, in fab go for Taylor I might go pretty heavy for Taylor. There's at least two Bills that. fans in this league, though, between oh. Payne and Stopa, yeah, so it's going to cost gonna, me a fortune. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, unless they they don't like Taylor, I don't know what their opinions of uh, him are. But I, I actually like Taylor just because I, I think he fits with that run heavy mentality that they have. Like, if you're going all in on the running game like they are in Buffalo, it's like you might as well have that guy who can kill teams on the bootleg, which Taylor can definitely do. He can be like a top top tier runner. Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a really good point there. So I think I'm leaning towards rejecting this deal at this point. I mean, I'd move. I think on. I'd have to, unless I, you can get him to cough up some little bit of depth at running back, which I don't think he would. No, probably not. And like I said, I think it's fair dollar for dollar. Yeah, I just definitely. don't think it's a good move for my roster, given my depth behind the guys that I have and the injury histories uh, that they have. Oh, thanks, thanks for the counsel. I appreciate that. Uh, as they like to say, you can always tell a Milford man, and the Bears are going to play it close to the vest regarding updates about said Milford man, Elshon Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey has been neither seen nor heard by the team's beat writers. He hasn't practiced since August 12th, and that's at least since August 12th. Not that's even confirmed gross. that he practiced then. No Kevin White already for this team. Is there anyone cracking the top 35 receivers? Think, think value meter here from this team if Jeffrey sits against the Packers in week one. I don't think I could convince myself that very safely anyway. Like there's you can definitely see the uh the high ceiling version of the projection ending up there, but you gotta go with Eddie Royal as the candidate. I don't know what to make of Eddie Royal. Like I've even back when he was a prospect coming out of Virginia Tech, I I like didn't like him at the time and then he had that huge rookie year somehow and then he goes back to doing nothing for like three years, and then he's just not very good. Goes to San Diego, and for some reason they love throwing to him in the red zone of all places. 
it's just been such a weird trajectory and now he ends up in Chicago and I don't know what to expect again because it's every time he changes setting every time the year changes it's like everything I think about Eddie Royal inverse like inverts and I'm just wrong about him but if <clears throat> excuse me if Jeffrey's out Royal will get targets for sure so even if he's not any good like he can go like nine or ten targets in week one with Jeffrey out so that's that I'm gonna have to guess like at least 65 yards I would expect from him uh, but I can I can imagine various sorts of dysfunctions that that team will have to deal with. So I don't want to assume he'll have like much scoring potential because I can see them kind of getting rocked in that game. And you have a QB who loves nicotine more than any quarterback who's ever played in this league. I mean, I, I kind of worry about Jay this year as a guy that will probably go from like a pack a day to three packs a day and and most likely lose his job at some point. Like this is going to be a very stressful Ooh. season for Jay Cutler. The thing is, it's like Jimmy Clausen is probably just too dislikable of a backup for the smoking habit to really burn Jay too bad. Um, yeah, it's gonna like it's gonna hurt his wind for sure. But I, th- I think I think if he loses that job, he'll have to mix in other substances than just nicotine. By the way, Liss and I were talking about the survivor implications of Week One uh, during the show on Wednesday. Week One's kind of odd. I was looking at all the matchups in detail, and obviously we're going to be looking at them very closely throughout the next week, getting ready for our DraftKings lineups, but also getting ready for our season-long lineups as well. There's really not a clear option behind the Packers that you definitely feel great about. There's not a double-digit favorite anywhere on the board. A lot of the teams playing at home are the weaker team in a matchup, so you have to take a road favorite, which is always a difficult thing to do. You get a handful of teams playing teams within their own division, uh, it's actually going to be, I think, a bloodbath in week one of Survivor this year. Okay, I was just pulling up the week one schedule because I uh, I, I just don't know what the games are yet. <clears throat> but uh, as far as as far as Survivor, let's let's see. I like uh, the Dolphins against uh, Washington because it. Let, come on, let's be real. That that's such a just dumpster fire, a, a, a tower of dumpster fires stacked. <laughs> Uh, several, stacked. several, several miles into the air, uh, a, a parking structure full of dumpster <laughs> fires, <laughs> just, just a nation full of dumpsters that have been set aflame. And like, that's what the Washington Redskins are. Whereas I think the dolphins are a good team. So, uh, I think they're very fo- foundationally solid. Like you're not going to run very well on them. Uh, Washington probably won't pass very well on anyone. And, uh, that, that, the secondary for Washington is still garbage, and Dolphins have some pretty deep pass catchers. Uh, people forgot, like they have Jordan Cameron there, in addition to you know Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker and Greg Jennings and whatever. Uh, so yeah, that, that's one that I really like. But uh, yeah, otherwise some of these are pretty grim looking. Um, Browns and Jets that should be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> that should be a great game. I'm, yeah. I'm going to watch exactly zero snaps from that game on Sunday. We I'll get, probably see some after the fact, looking for highlights, trying to watch got the Isaiah na- Crowell and guys <sighs> like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if Duke plays, then that'll be interesting, but it, it's his concussion or whatever. Otherwise, I guess uh, maybe it's interesting that we have the 1994 expansion rematch of Panthers-Jaguars. Uh, cat Never theme. forget. Always like that. Never forget. Well, but yeah, this is boring. The thing that changed since Wednesday, of course, is the Brady suspension being vacated. So, yeah. with the Patriots now favored by seven, I mean, they're the biggest favorite on the board this week. I would think the majority of owners out there are probably either going Patriots or Packers. So, if you really want to steer away from the two consensus picks in Survivor, that's when you really run into trouble. This just may be a week where, if you don't believe in the Dolphins on the road at Washington, I think you should. I think that's a good pick. You, you probably want to go ahead and just stick with the masses and, and just hope that the chalk holds up in those cases. I mean, even though it's an in-division matchup, I, I look at the Packers, I just have a hard time seeing the Bears pulling off that upset in Week 1. Yeah, uh, Green Bay, I think, will win that. I, th- I mean, I think the Bears are, uh, yeah, the Bears are probably in real danger of finishing last in that division. I'll say real quickly, I probably wouldn't want to go with the Patriots just because I don't, I don't, I can't imagine it's that good of a strategy to basically go against a quarterback as good as Roethlisberger, uh, especially when it's a week one thing where it's like both sides have had time to prepare and, and the Steelers, uh, for whatever questions they have, I wouldn't really question their coaching. <clears throat> Excuse me. So <clears throat> I expect Roethlisberger to be good. And it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather have my team going against, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world. Oh, if, yeah. If you could take that Miami defense, have him tee off on Kirk Cousins, especially talk about a defense to stream and one to think about picking up for your DraftKings lineup in week one. The Dolphins are a great target. Uh, I mean, not going to be able to stream them in season long, but if you're drafting this weekend, 
go after that defense because they're going to be good all year, and this is a great matchup to kick things off in week one. It is surprising to me that you're getting seven on the Steelers' side. I'd take the Steelers plus the points in that opener if I were in Vegas uh, next weekend. I won't be, so right. I'll, I'll just be enjoying the game for, for other reasons. But You just can't see, like, even a guy as good as Brady, you can't really see him winning more than, like, Fifth, you know, five and a half out of ten times against a player like Roethlisberger. I feel like I don't know. Although I mean, they are at home, so that Foxborough thing is always a huge deal. So if 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 that's that's probably why I would make the bet rather than like Brady being back. It's like they're at home, and for some reason they're just so much better there. No Martavis Bryant and no Le'Veon Bell, of course. So that, oh, that adds go. more yeah. to it. I think that's probably where that number comes from. But still, fair enough. Fair enough. Still, I I, I, I kind of buy into that that idea that the Steelers are. A well-constructed team. They're well-coached. They're very unlikely to go in there and get blown out. And usually those Thursday night openers are pretty tight games anyway. Yeah, and I feel like Roethlisberger is just a good big stage quarterback too. So either way, I, I can I can definitely understand why people would go with that with uh, Bell out and Martavis Bryant not there. Some potentially good news here for the Cardinals. Michael Floyd may be available for week one against the Saints. Is there reliable production in this receiving core when Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, and John Brown are all healthy? Because it would seem as though this spot against the Saints is at home in Arizona. Uh, Over-under is 47, so you should have plenty of offense. Cardinals favored by three. So we're talking about a game that's likely to be in the 25-22, to 24-21 range, and that favors Arizona. I mean, if the Cardinals are going to put up 24 points, I would think Carson Palmer and these receivers have a pretty good week in Week 1. Yeah, I don't think that the Arizona offense is well suited to scoring on the ground. So if they do score points, I would I would be inclined to you know suspect Carson Palmer had a lot of uh, the shares of it. So I I don't know about a consistency as far as Floyd Fitzgerald Brown. They were th- the most drastic opposite possible last year, especially Floyd. I don't know. I can't imagine what the deal is there, but. If if Palmer's at full strength, I can see that the the aggregate numbers in that passing game being good, and so there has to be somebody who's useful. Maybe it'll be all three, uh, but I, yeah, obviously the ceiling is not high. And then when you combine the lack of ceiling with the low floor, it's it's generally a situation I try to avoid because it's you'd like to offset the low ceiling with at least some consistency, but I don't see that happening there. I have no shares of the Arizona receiving core. I don't expect that to change this weekend. I've got the home league draft coming up early next week. Not going to happen there either. Uh, The NFFC primetime draft coming up here on Saturday night. I I don't want to go for a massive cash prize with Arizona receivers. That just seems like a horrible way to go into the season. I would feel terrible about my receiving core if I had built around any of those guys. None of them are going to fall far enough where I feel like I'm getting a good value either. Right. Rex Ryan remains cautiously optimistic that LaShawn McCoy will play against the Colts in their opener. McCoy has been slowed by a hamstring injury. Talked to Stefania Bell of ESPN during the XM show today, and it seemed like the w- the way the Bills examined him, they were looking to see if the hamstring had actually come uh, off of the bone. And it, that's not the case. That didn't happen. But kind of just based on her description of what they evaluated him for, this isn't just a typical muscle strain. It's not just the pulled hamstring that's got a slight tear that's a one to two week injury that you can play through this seems to be something a little more severe to the point where even if he goes in week one you're worried that he might be limited and you're worried about the possibility of a recurring issue being here I don't have McCoy anywhere and I don't think that's going to change between now and start of week one either yeah I I don't know what that means if it seems like a low bar to set when it's like the first thing they check is whether the integrity of like the limb is intact uh so I I don't I don't like the sound of that thing and I don't like how they appear to be kind of rushing him back I don't see the point in him playing if I owned him which I don't uh grateful for that uh but if I did own him I wouldn't even want him trying to race back for week one because it's like if that guy plays gimpy on an offense that's already going to be bad, what use is he? And the re-injury risk is certainly high. I mean, we saw a similar thing with the, not that the situa- the circumstances surrounding them were at all similar, uh, but like Calvin Johnson returning prematurely multiple times last year. It's like, what? who does that help? Um, so I would almost want him to sit out if I did own him. Uh, but yeah, behind him, it's hard to tell what they would what do if he does sit. I'm inclined to think Carlos Williams is the best player of the group, but he's coming back from what sounds like a hernia of some kind. Uh, don't know what his week one situation is. Bryce Brown is just not good, and Anthony <laughs> Dixon is a fullback, so it's it's terrible. They should just they should let Tyrod Taylor run fifteen times in that game. Just 
go go with a temporary wishbone and like just run lots of end arounds with Watkins and Harvin. Move Harvin to running back. Do that. There you go. Yeah, Harvin at running back. I mean, I I, I swear, and and I, I hope I'm sticking to this. Percy Harvin is a useless kitchen gadget. You get excited about the idea of what he could do, and he just disappoints you all the time. He's the slap chop or the magic Dude, he, bullet. He cuts the garlic into triangles. <laughs> It's he's so good. He's the machine that you can put in a raw turkey, a 15-pound <laughs> raw turkey into, and it, this thing sits on your counter, and within three hours, you have a turkey you can supposedly eat. That's Percy Harvin. He's that piece of crap, whatever that thing called. I would pay for that. Well, you got to watch, you gotta watch I, local I TV over the air on Sunday mornings. And I don't know if that means number. I'm going to end up drafting him uh, imminently, at, therefore, but yeah. Though at least the price on Harvin is next to nothing now, so those who still want to kick the tires on him can do it without overpaying but yeah I'm, go I'm ahead man whatever <laughs> yeah i probably won't do it travis kelsey working his way back from an injury left practice early on monday we finally found out as the week rolled along that it was a sprained ankle um if, if you look at kelsey i don't think this is a big deal because it's not a high ankle sprain it's just the garden variety ankle sprain so unless it turns into something that he aggravates on a week-to-week basis which it's possible i'm just not worried about it at the outset you know if it like I know if you roll or sprain your ankle once, you're more susceptible to sprains for a brief period after that. So I, that's all I'm hoping he can avoid. You know, like the multiple week, hey, right. I aggravated this for the second or third time where it just keeps compounding on itself. Sorry, do we know which uh, foot it happened to and whether it was the the same leg that had the microfracture knee surgery? That's a good question. I have not seen an indication as to whether it was left or right. I which, wouldn't. It's not something that if it is on the same leg, uh, it's not the kind of thing that would make me like you know swerve on my projections or whatever. But it it is something to keep in mind a little bit because even if the ankle is sound, like the compensation that it might stress on his other joints in the leg uh and you would worry about the knee specifically but even the, even if it's not the knee like if you need to if he needs to compensate for whatever the extra strain the knee takes it could be you know in the foot bone wherever so yeah it's that's something to keep an eye on i guess if <clears throat> if it's uh something that might cause further stress to something that was already vulnerable a bit hashtag but, kinetic chain sorry could you say that again oh hashtag kinetic chain can it what the kinetic chain kinetic chain yeah what what is it what well it's just it's you know that your leg it's it's, it's a oh, kinetic chain right so i didn't know if, if this if was you, like a new like uh one of those bracelets that make your ba- balance better or something no like no that. it's not no it's not like something you put on your leg i wanted to for a minute no it's just basically like if if you have a problem with your ankle the kinetic chain like, okay, is that, that your knee you could be stressed or your hip could be stressed anything there that's connected go. yeah I, I I was yeah I was trying to come up with something as coherent as that but just couldn't really put it together. I need to give up my dream of one day being a stand-up comedian because I'm falling flat on my face. Even no, that was like that was like sciency. That was the problem. It's like I need I need stupid slang and like very basic words to grasp whatever you're going with. All right, well I can try to I can try to ease into Preach. this next one for you yeah. here. Uh, Dwayne Bow will not be released. According to Browns head coach Mike Pettin, uh, I assume this is because they have guaranteed him nine million dollars after signing him this offseason, which is such a Cleveland Browns thing to do. I mean, like this this is such a predictable scenario. Uh, you have a guy in Dwayne Bow who's supposed to be your number one receiver, dealing with a hamstring injury right now too, playing in the preseason finale Thursday night. Also, like how many number one receivers played a snap last night? Um. They were all, yeah, fourth receivers, fifth receivers, certainly. I, if if not for signing Brian Hartline, or did they trade for him? I can't remember. Uh, that, yeah, that Dwayne Bow signing was the most Cleveland Browns thing of all time, uh, up until or, uh, in light of anyway the the Hartline signing. They just love bad receivers who can't do anything. It's it's amazing how committed they are to that. Uh, it'll be inter- like, do they expect Terrell Pryor to make that team? Because I feel like he should be just their number one receiver just by default of like height, athleticism or size, athleticism dimensions, just because the other guys are all just a bunch of, you know, flat tires, basically. Yeah, because of the simple ability, dr- like driven by his athleticism to just be able to do something, Terrell Pryor should be on that roster. So far, he's survived. He played a little bit last night. I don't think he caught a pass. He actually had a couple of runs that were 
a design for him, which do anything you can to put the ball yeah. in his hands. I mean, he's a beast with the ball. I do think he's the kind of guy also that if you, you know, you're going to go for two more often, you have a player that was a quarterback in this league just a couple of years ago. You put him on the field and all sorts of different things open up there too. So, yeah. Uh, sorry. I just, I just noticed this, uh, the the most Browns thing of all time actually I was wrong it's not the bow signing or acquiring Heartline it's taking Justin Gilbert the cornerback ahead of Odell Beckham oh and uh Justin Gilbert is like the CFL probably doesn't even want him he's just like the worst of all time so it's you know it's you can say that this was avoidable in a way so what's gonna happen in Cleveland this is exactly what's gonna happen Brian Hartline had back-to-back catches, back-to-back seasons with at least 70 catches and 1,000 yards for the Dolphins in 2012 and 2013. He's going to do that again. And in those two seasons combined, he had five TDs. He caught 150 balls and only caught five of them in in the end zone or caught it and ran it. I mean, that's the that's Browns, almost impossible. It's yeah, that's amazing. The Browns would just love to have him and like 2001 Keyshawn Johnson on the same team. Whatever year that was when he had like 109 catches and one touchdown. That like, oh man, it's so bad and you can you can just see the train wreck from for like from like months back. It's just like <laughs> that train's going to crash. Uh but yeah, so it's going to be really gross. The quarterback is bad, the receivers are the worst. They have like the worst quarterback and the worst receivers at the same time. That's awesome. That's just piling on. That's yourself. a touche for sure. I'm it, impressed. It's hard. It's hard to do that. It it really, really is. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week one, DraftKings will be hosting the biggest fantasy football contest ever, giving out over ten million dollars in prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code Rotowire to play free for your shot at one million dollars in cash prizes in the Week One Play Action Contest. That's promo code Rotowire for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. So you're thinking about the the week one millionaire maker because we all are this time I got of year. Four four reserved already. You you, you, you may you know what's going to happen is you're going to have a few beers this weekend. Going to get real smart. You, and you're, you're not going to drive. You're not. No, I don't own a car. That helps. Yeah. But yeah. Is don't this, have a bike either. That that's fantastic. I can't do it. But what you can do is you can definitely reserve more spots, and I think you should. And I think you got to start looking through the lens of at least having one entry. If you have multiple entries, one entry has to have at least one player where you're just like, my goal is to have someone who plays snaps who nobody else in this entire field is going to have. And I think that player, maybe the man we just talked about, number one receiver on the Cleveland Browns, Dwayne Bowe. Think about this. $2 million to first place, by the way, for the Week 1 Millie Maker. Do you think the ownership of Dwayne Bowe in that tournament will be over or under 0.1%? So, so if are you, are you asking me if, if you pick him, will it say 0.00 in the uh, ownership? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it would I don't say... Know, they it, don't it, have it, the extra decimal, it, it, do they? I think they, they do, too. I think they do, uh, too. Okay. So it, it'll be you know 0.09 or wanna, less you we win. We want to get that 0.000 guy. Yeah, you want the Blutarski. Six and a half points. Yeah. You absolutely want the Blutarski ownership level. I mean, Dwayne Bowe is $4,300 against the Jets. Who else besides Brian Hartline is actually going to catch passes I, here? Okay, here's the thing. I don't know that he's actually going to get targets there. Like, It sounds like he's like actually just bad and they don't really even want to play him. It's just they're holding on to that contract. But then the other thing is, I don't know if I would confidently bet that the Browns can throw for 110 yards on that defense. So, I mean, Todd Bowles is running it. He made that Arizona defense overachieve. In New York, he actually has the personnel to like really dominate with that defense. The front four or at least the front three especially, they're just, they have like th- three or four guys who can be like all pro types as defensive tackle personnel. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get much from their edge rushers, but uh, Todd Bowles didn't have much to work with in Arizona as far as that went once John Abraham went you know away, but they still remain very tough. Your quarterbacks didn't want to see that defense. And he's got, you know, Revis and Cromartie over there. And Oh, there's, they got a good secondary, and he's going to just clamp down on those crap receivers. And just McCown is not going to be happy that day there's nothing to like at all about the cleveland offense in week one if no. i had to if you said you have to use a brown in your lineup like you're forced to i would hope isaiah crowell could plunge in for like a short TD. i, I need duke I, if duke's not in i just yeah. can't do it i mean i'm assuming no duke in week one but yeah. it's a possibility he plays he's just concussed right now he's going through the protocol and 
Mike Pettin says it's none of your business Actually, as far as where he's at. Yeah, if he does play, I mean, he's probably not that cheap on there, though, at least relative for the risk he'd be taking on. But we know McCown's not going to complete passes to his receivers. So maybe, like, Duke, if he if he does play, could end up with, like, six catches for, like, 22 yards or something. So the best thing about Dwayne Bowe at 4300 is that you save $100 on Devontae Adams at 4400 Of course, the week one prices were generated early to get people to sign up and reserve their spots. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Adams at 4400 that was built around the idea of Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb shredding that Bears secondary. At 4400 Devontae Adams' ownership should be extremely high. He's almost a must-own at that price, especially given how bad that Bears defense is and just the lack of clarity as far as the other receivers in the offense behind Cobb and Adams right now. Plus, with Cobb coming off of that that shoulder injury of his own, you may see even more targets going Adams' way. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would really believe in you know the, the must-pick kind of thing with a field this big. excuse me but uh yeah Adams obviously is a great value at that I with that with that particular matchup I would almost want to invest if you have enough multi-entry capability anyway uh I would definitely want to consider getting a little exposure to Janice and Montgomery too uh both because it sounds like they they might both play a good amount anyway uh both because like Janice is better on the outside than Montgomery is, but Montgomery is better in the slot. So if Green Bay wants to offset Nelson's loss by giving Cobb some looks on the outside rather than in the slot, it's like seems like Montgomery goes in. If they want to keep Cobb in the slot, it seems like Janice might go in. Uh, but yeah, that's a game that I can see being a blowout. So I, I think there might be reason to think those guys get a little more second half run than they would otherwise when they're a 3,000 pick each. So, uh, But yeah, you definitely want to get some Adams exposure, I think, because he profiles as a pretty good player like he didn't have an efficient rookie year but he seems pretty good and if Cobb suits up you would think that he would he would probably be able to avoid uh Kyle Fuller who's probably their most impressive cornerback out there uh and that this that defense will improve like Vic Fangio is a good defensive coordinator John Fox has a good defensive track record they'll improve but the personnel still isn't good it's it's largely a misfit for the scheme they're trying to run they're, they have an overload of four three specific personnel and they're trying to to you know cram in a three four alignment that just doesn't really suit the personnel but uh yeah so I like Green Bay I think I think there's a couple things you would want to consider and in, in especially a millionaire kind of thing uh some of that I think the third and fourth spot at receiver for Green Bay is worth a glance at least so you mean you, you don't like Jared Allen as an outside linebacker it sounds like he's actually doing okay with his transition but like the other ones like Lamar Houston and Willie Young like are you kidding me like Lamar Houston should be playing defensive tackle <laughs> he's like a 300 pound guy um but yeah anyway I, I don't know if Vic Fangio will be, work as much magic in Chicago as he did in San Francisco because Harbaugh presumably had quite a bit to do with that. Um, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. But yeah, uh, the, the millionaire maker, like I, I, I'm looking back, Doug Martin's definitely pretty cheap at 4,500. I think his preseason hype will send a lot of people that way. Um, but otherwise, it's like I think, and especially if you've got like point per reception scoring like this uh guys slot guys like eddie royal and stevie johnson make sense because both of those teams especially royal if uh jeffrey's out you know they have questions about their receivers and uh they got you know good enough quarterbacks that they could pile up at least the point per reception scoring a little bit i'm warming up to the idea of stevie johnson as a very late round full point ppr target oh yeah there will be a lot of targets there and the efficiency was pretty good he basically just didn't see that many targets because the Niners offense last year didn't throw the ball and they had right. plenty of guys to throw to also. So you look at where he is in San Diego, he's got a more consistent quarterback, gonna get more volume, uh, and working in a situation where there's Gates is suspended. Even less talent around him. And then Gates too, yeah, you get more targets probably in the red zone uh, in the short term too from Stevie Johnson. But I think you're right. I think he could be an interesting third option or a flex option uh, in DraftKings for week one. Let's take a look at some of the preseason finales here. We'll run through these. Uh, Bears and Browns closing out their season preseason with everyone else on Thursday night Kareem Carey versus Jeremy Lankford for the backup running back spot I think is probably the most interesting thing in this game both ran well Carey was 12 uh, 12 carries for 68 yards Lankford was nine carries for 55 yards if you're kind of throwing a a lottery ticket out there uh, at one of those backs which one do you take the chance on uh neither in like week one or anything but it, i don't know i i think langford has a better prospect profile but kadeem carey was a lot more productive in college they're pretty they're pretty similar neither is very remarkable 
but I mean, at least Langford has the long speed. Carry carries undersized and under athletic, so he pretty much is dependent on like vision and just being crafty. Whereas Langford can actually outrun people. Yeah, Langford. I mean, he put up big numbers after Le'Veon Bell left Michigan State. I mean, this is a guy yeah. that I think can be fastest good, good in short yardage, but also good in the middle of the field too because of that speed. Yeah, fastest forty among the running backs of the combine, which I don't think is totally accurate of his game, you know, speed presence. But uh, yeah, he's he's a legitimate. You know, he was worth that fourth round pick they spent on him. So we got uh, one thing from the Dolphins-Bucks game I want to discuss. Jay Ajayi looked pretty good, nine carries for 66 yards, but he suffered a cracked rib, which could put him in a position to end up on IR, maybe IR designated to return, maybe just miss a couple of weeks. He could try to play through it. Uh, But they didn't play Damian Williams in this game, and they obviously didn't play Lamar Miller. So I think even if Ajayi tries to play through this and manages to keep that third running back spot on the roster – He's not looking at getting any touches until like week five or week six at the earliest. It sounded like they were a little sour on him anyway. I couldn't tell whether it was like, you know, that tough guy coach nonsense of like, well, he's got to get back on the field, you know, when he's got an injury that doesn't let him play. Um, but yeah, they were they were just they, they didn't like his pass blocking early in training camp. I can't claim to know whether that changed over the last few weeks. But uh, yeah, if Williams and Miller are clearly one two. It's it's I would definitely worry about him landing on the IR for the year just because they probably don't want to deal with him right now and like it removes the question of them having to deal with like do we want to save a roster spot for him yeah so I yeah. think that happens a lot with later round picks a guy was a fifth rounder you know you just you can stash him away for a year decide if you like him get a closer look and practice for a longer period of time and right. then from there go ahead and make that decision. Uh, Packers Saints actually watched a good chunk of this game not really because I wanted to just because it was on a big TV directly in front of my face Brett Hundley played pretty well 16 of 23 236 four touchdowns I mean this is a guy that at one point was kind of projected to be a late first round pick and then last year at UCLA happened and he fell a long way to the Packers uh, back in, in draft season, yeah, fifth round seemed like a, a it was steal stupid. for him there. Yeah, it was basically uh, Brett Hundley is paying for the sins of NFL front offices that thought Logan Thomas was worth drafting. They're overreacting to you know the recency of a a similar a perceived to be similar kind of player. You know, the strong armed. Uh, athletic guy who ran a lot in college and they just were like oh well he can't learn how to pass so uh, he was so much better than Thomas though it was ridiculous that he fell that far I thought he was worth a second round pick Uh, but yeah Green Bay's got the best three deep at quarterback by miles and miles yeah Hundley and Scott Tolzien being a part of that depth behind Aaron Rodgers Uh, otherwise there wasn't a whole lot to note in this game which is going to be the case for most of these to be completely honest but Brandon Coleman hauled in all four of his targets for 82 yards. I just think the only concern I have here is that he was playing a lot in a completely meaningless game, which kind of gives you an idea of where he might stand as far as week one snaps goes. Yeah, I don't know what to guess exactly the New Orleans offense will look like from a, you know, like a approach standpoint. Like it it really seems like they're committed to the backfield more this year between Spiller um, and Ingram getting invested in like they did and they 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 made they gave Marcus Colson a pay cut. And yet they didn't really add any depth at receiver to, you know, offset the otherwise implied role reduction that goes with that pay cut. Uh, Coleman, he, he seems to have kind of, you know, by default found that third receiver spot, but it doesn't sound like they're inclined to like make him a, a make it a goal to get him the ball or anything. He's kind of just like an awkward receiver. He's just he's almost like too tall too lanky but he does have some big play upside because he just has an enormous catch radius and he's faster than uh people normally are when they're as tall as he is but uh yeah I mean it's I would almost wonder if it's like Kiri Robinson will be a bigger part of that offense than the third receiver will this year yeah it's possible I think as long as CJ Spiller's down Kiri Robinson does become a little bit more like, interesting Spiller is like it I think he could catch like 60 70 passes in that offense because it's like they, other than cooks who like seems like a near lock for like 90 to 100 receptions like Ben Watson's not going to do anything Josh Hill they apparently view as basically like a fullback who motions out sometimes and uh like yeah who else is going to do it like I don't know I can't think of anybody that's funny comment on Hill just based on some of the love I've seen for that guy on Twitter just kind of blind like hey he's a big guy that kind of looks a little bit like Jimmy Graham and plays on the same team that Jimmy Graham used to play for yeah it's I don't know what I haven't watched enough of him to know about his skill set his athletic testing was very high but it's like if the team doesn't we, we went through this with Ladarius Green last year it's like if the team won't use him it doesn't matter what he what he's capable of they're not going to give him the chance to show it 
Maybe we'll see it again with Latarius Green this year. Too, I'm going to flip in the table if they do it again. Like, Gates is not on the field. You have to throw him the ball. He's like their best receiver. That's uh, so dumb. Please flip the conference room table, not the table that we're sitting at right now. Just cause okay. I, I need There's it. a lot more important things here. Yeah, there's, there's, there, are, there are important uh, pieces of equipment on this table. Talking here quickly about the Jets and Eagles. 42 combined carries for Zach Stacy and Daryl Richardson. That is why you tune in to NFL preseason games. Is this the Daryl Richardson that I probably paid $43 for in a $200 auction two years ago? That guy? That is him. Oh, I, wow. I, I've, I've seen, I saw some people spend money on Daryl Richardson a few years ago. I probably had the him stake league one that year. Too. Somebody went up to like 35 bucks because he was just like the last starting running back. Oh, man. Yeah, when you, when you get the last running back in... 16 team stake league in the auction and you have the problem of too much money left because you weren't aggressive enough early that's what happens daryl richardson happens uh nothing else really of note here this looked like a game where both teams were just kind of trying to get through it as quickly as possible tebow oh yeah him tebow he's so good 11 to 17 for 189 and two touchdowns in this one also ran the ball four times for 32 yards he was made for chip kelly's offense yeah he was and it's actually i kind of uh i can understand why people might be worried about him kind of stealing some rushing stats on that team especially from demarco murray in the red zone because it's like murray's kind of injury prone especially if it's like a grind down the clock situation don't you want tebow to take that beating instead of the guy who's missed like you know three games a year up until last year yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, I think they're also going to do they're they're going to be aggressive going for two. I think they're going to be among the most aggressive teams going for two point conversions. Awesome idea, I love and, it. And Tebow is ideal for that, right? Because yeah, you, you put Tebow the way, the way I would draw it up, and I'm I'm not a football mind really in terms of like X's and O's, but if you if you have Tebow back in the shotgun type scenario, and you put like Darren Sproles to one side and Demarco Murray to the other, you go two tight ends on the end of the line, and then one receiver out wide. How are you going to defend that with that combination of personnel? There's so many different options there that it, it's like creating a play in Madden. Like I made a play in Madden once that my roommates couldn't stop it. It wasn't like the world's greatest play for any other reason other than the players were all going in so many different directions, could do so many different things that there was always something I could do. Yeah, and going going into that situation with like a Tebow at quarterback and yeah, Sproles and the other guys, it's it's kind of like going to the line in Madden with like twelve different audibles to choose from. It's yeah, just, that's, yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. So I think they're going to have a really good success rate this year going for two, assuming they keep them. I would think they would because they traded Matt Barkley to Arizona today. Yeah, you, you like that for Arizona just to short their care. depth? He's, or, he's terrible, he's awful. That, yeah, I don't I don't care at all. Well, the uh, the Redskins, who were on the brink of a perfect preseason, which is... I'd say they achieved it. They, they've had an amazing preseason. I think they had the best offseason I've ever seen. Well, they they narrowly missed it, I think, because they lost last night. They could have had a 4-0 preseason to cap off just so much goodness. Uh, they didn't. There was nobody of, of significance who played in this game. There's, there were none. There were zero players we care about on the field. For this, the only thing that I want to ask you about pertaining to this Washington offense right now, with Jordan Reed's lengthy injury history, with Niles Paul down for the season, is Derek Carrier somehow going to become an interesting option at tight end, or is this just wish, wishful thinking on behalf of of fans in that uh, in that franchise? It's actually pretty interesting because he's a he's a size speed freak for sure. I don't know. I I've never seen him play. I don't know what if he has a skill set of a receiver or they just like him because he's you know a good he's good at like you know playing in motion and blocking in motion or good at you know moving around the formation. I don't know. They traded a fifth round pick though for him. I think. And he was he was an undrafted player just two years ago, I want to say. So out of Beloit College, just down right, the road yeah. from us. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, they if if they traded for him, giving up a fifth round pick, it seems like they plan to use him. And even if they didn't plan to, Reed's injury history, as you mentioned, might kind of force the issue anyway. I don't know what to make of it, but he's he's you know really really fast. So that, that's kind of makes him interesting to begin with, just because. I don't know. Like if he that it's not like Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball downfield a lot with much success, so he might need that check down target. And if he can create stuff after the catch, it'll be interesting. The Steelers fell in the debut of Josh Scobie, which is um, really sad. Bad trade, I'd have to say. Then horrible trade. But Cameron Artis Payne had pretty heavy work here for the Panthers. Twelve carries for sixty-seven yards. Jordan Todman had five for seventy-two, thanks to a forty-nine yarder. He actually got in the end zone as well. Uh, Fozzie Whitaker had three for 18. As far as the battle to back up Jonathan Stewart goes, 
is it Cameron Artis Payne's job before this season is over? I have no idea because they do seem to like Fozzie quite a bit, and he's he's got some traction in the organization already. Uh, Todman, I I don't know. I've always liked Todman, but it's I don't know if it's just he's so small. Teams don't want to like try to get they don't try to capitalize on his big playability because he's a, like a blitz pickup liability. I have no idea. Uh, but he's he's always like really good when he gets the ball. But uh, yeah, the, it's not it's not clear if Carolina has any intention of doing that. So I I kind of lead toward toward a artist pain. Just because he's he's so reliably steady between the tackles relative to the other two. The other two are kind of like gimmicky players, really. Uh, but Artis Payne is a low upside kind of player, but he's also probably the type who can give you you know an average of four yards a carry if you really need it. So I mean, do you think Jordan Todman has like a Justin Forsett kind of thing going on? But the difference is that the I Panthers' he, offensive line this year is not going to be nearly as good as the Ravens' blocking scheme was last year. I don't think there's a chance that it'll have that, just because I don't. I'm not, I know Stewart's very injury prone, but even if it happens, I th- he's the kind of guy who's like third in line on the depth chart, not second. You know, so it's you'd need Fozzie to get hurt, and Fozzie actually has a really long injury history too. So it's possible, and I, he's he's faster than Forsett. He's he's more explosive but he's he also might be a little bit smaller and I can't speak as to uh you know what whether he's uh, a good enough blocker for teams to leave him on the field in passing situations I think that that makes sense now the Schwartz Bowl happened uh that was the Lions and Bills Uh, of course Jim Schwartz former head coach the Lions now defensive coordinator in Buffalo uh this defense for the Bills I mean I think it's a top five defense again and we talked earlier about the running backs kind of a mess behind LaShawn McCoy but are they gonna be pretty similar in build defensively as last year can they be a pretty much a, a defense you throw out there every week almost regardless of opponent yeah I guess they're gonna stick with their 4-3 scheming for the most part which is very you know reasonable it doesn't make any sense to go 3-4 when you have those two defensive tackles Darius and Kyle Williams and then Hughes and Mario Williams are you know they're guys who have their hand on the ground they don't play linebacker so they smartly they didn't go with the Rex Ryan trend of uh, you know his normal his normal strategy is going with a 3-4 but he's smart enough to not do that here I don't I don't know much about their linebackers I know Preston Brown was pretty promising last year played a lot as a rookie Bradham put up numbers too the secondary is has some question marks there's there's some generally just unproven like you got a journeyman type at safety like Corey Graham uh Stefan Gilmore is a known commodity but then it's like they might be going with the second round pick rookie Ronald Darby is the other starter uh Nikel Roby's like five five and a half uh he's been really good but it's like I don't know if I but if uh anyway they should be able to rush the passer pretty well especially with the the blitzing uh knowledge of Ryan and Schwartz always gets pretty good results when he's allowed to focus on defense so I agree there'll be a top defense that whole that whole division uh, has some very good looking defenses I think all four of them are pretty intimidating so I think I think those are like four of the probably 10 best defenses in the league this year so some late breaking news I assumed that Jim Schwartz stayed on he did not Rex Ryan actually fired him upon becoming the head coach they're going with Dennis Thurman as their defensive coordinator, but it's, it's, a, it's a Rex Ryan. I, I like Rex more than Schwartz, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more or Rex less, is, it's, it's an upgrade, if nothing else. Schwartz did a good job as yeah. a defensive coordinator last year. He took a job. He's going to help the NFL officials in some kind of administrative role this year until the right coaching opportunity comes along. That, that's I, I love. I love statements like that. It's all. It's until the right thing comes along. I'm going to do this job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that he's being that uh, you know charitable, like just helping us out like that. Well, in the meantime, looking out for us, man of the people, Falcons Ravens. This one went twenty to nineteen in favor of the Falcons. Tevin Coleman got pretty good work here, and I think that was more to do uh, with the absence due to the hamstring injury he's been dealing throughout the preseason. Eight carries for fifty six yards. I think at this point, with Devontae Freeman still banged up, you're looking at a situation where Tevin Coleman's in line to see maybe 15-plus carries right away in Week 1 against the Eagles. Yeah, that would definitely be very interesting. I kind of expect the Eagles' run defense to be a bit tougher this year because they're just so loaded at linebacker, and their defensive line personnel is pretty good too. But uh, I love Tevin Coleman as a prospect. I don't think it makes any sense for you know Melvin Gordon to go uh, 15th overall and Coleman in the third round. Uh, they, they were very similar players in terms of output last year, although they're slightly different you know, stylistically. But I, I love Tevin Coleman, but I also like Devontae Freeman, so I don't know what the the status of his health will dictate for week one. 
But if he's if he's available, you got to think they're going to go with him mostly and hurry up and like obvious passing and probably starting to. Uh, but yeah, they they definitely got to work in Colin because he's so good. But I I think they're both good and it it's, makes sense for them to kind of take an even split basically. Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for me to figure out unless we start to see them really tip their hand consistently. Which guy gets the goal line carries? Who are they going to use more as the pass catching back? They, it just seems like they can kind of mix and match, use both guys in whichever role they feel like they want any given time. It's not like not like one guy can't catch passes. It's not like one guy can't be a short yardage back. It's not two pieces that complement each other very well. It's two guys that are kind of similar. Yeah, and I mean Kyle Shanahan is their offensive coordinator, right? I believe that. Yep. Okay. So he, I mean, if they do anything vaguely similar to Houston, you know, back in the day, you know, following that, you know, sort of. Kubiak uh, sort of philosophy with the running game I mean Arian Foster Ben Tate is not what I would expect there exactly but uh, I can see both of those guys running for like 800 yards this year probably probably I, I would almost expect it like Coleman have more rushing yards but Freeman probably has an 150 200 more yards receiving something like that but basic point I, th- I think they're pretty much the same prospect for fantasy drafts and everything yeah maybe it's as simple as you know taking the cheaper one over the course of the weekend but I think that right. might be Freeman in many cases since Coleman is a bit healthier and has a lot of buzz as a, a possible breakout guy here as a rookie if you're out for the evening and you've been drinking get a ride call a cab or find some other safe way home because getting arrested for drunk driving can cost you a lot more than an arrest and a fine you could face legal fees court costs the loss of your license and more Right now, cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving, and they'll see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. It's time for our safe sleeper pick, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Are we drinking beers at our drafts this weekend, which leads to bad decisions in the later rounds, or worse decisions like getting behind the wheel afterwards. This is more of a mid-round target, but it is, it is Tevin Coleman. He's today's safe sleeper pick, I and mean, this is a guy that I think, even if he's working in tandem with Freeman, as we were talking about before, He's going to play. He's going to play a lot. I think he can be very efficient on a per-touch basis. Yeah, and as I was saying before, like I, I consider him an equal prospect to Melvin Gordon for the most part. Like To me, Gordon was a late first kind of guy and Tevin Coleman an early second as opposed to a mid-first on Gordon and early third on Coleman. So Coleman ran for 2,036 yards in 12 games last year at 7.5 yards per carry, 15 touchdowns. That's on a team – okay, so – 2036 yards his his offense threw the ball for 1697 yards in seven touchdowns so he was he was averaging 7.5 per attempt on an offense that averaged 5.4 per pass that's just that doesn't make any sense like defenses didn't care about the pass and indiana barely even tried to do it because their quarterback was so bad and like still he's putting up seven and a half yards of carry uh that, that was that was one of the most remarkable seasons i've ever seen uh, he's very fast i think in terms of a prospect i think he's very similar to demarco murray the criticisms of him coming out of college are very similar to what you heard about demarco murray uh you know the perceived sh- straight line sort of play uh but yeah i I think Coleman's awesome. I don't think he can have the results that he had. And, you know, he has the physical dimensions. Like, he timed fast at his pro day uh, once he got over that foot injury that kept him out of the combine. I don't think you can produce like he did and not be a good player. It's it's He's he's basically, like, probably one of the five most efficient college running backs of all time. And I don't – I'm not inclined to think that he won't succeed in the NFL given that. Well, and he played well against teams like Michigan State and Ohio State, which had exactly. legitimately good defenses. Not just good defenses in the Big Ten, but good defenses – in the national context. And he did it two years too, I should say. In 2013, he actually had the t- he tied for the national lead in runs of 40 plus yards despite missing, I want to say four games with a uh, foot injury or three games. Uh but yeah, he he averaged 7.3 yards per carry in 2013 too. So he he did it so many times. The sample size is huge. Like I'm sold on him, but uh obviously the ceiling is going to depend on his workload and how quickly he can acclimate to the NFL and deal with things like pass blocking and so on. But uh, in the long run, I, I think he's really a re- good prospect. Try to run through the remaining games on the slate as quickly as possible with the Patriots and Giants. The only thing that really stood out to me is that Reggie Wayne was targeted 10 times and only got two balls. But then I looked and saw that Ryan Lindley played the entire game at quarterback and everything made sense. Uh, for me, Reggie Wayne I, could be a useful wide receiver three in full point PPR leagues. You're talking like a 14 team league once you get to the bye weeks but that to me seems like the extent of his value yeah i'm expecting nothing from him really just too slow 
I don't know. There's other targets in that offense, too. I do wonder if James White is in danger of losing his roster spot. Probably. He had 10 carries for 36 yards, and this one might be a guy that's available to other teams here yeah. as roster cutdown uh, weekend takes place. Uh, Texans and Cowboys in Dallas. Dustin Vaughn played quarterback for the Cowboys. I've never even heard of Dustin Vaughn before, so it yeah. gives you an idea where things are at with, with this uh, this performance. Yeah, he was he was a, like one of those uh, backup passers at the combine. Like he was invited but not allowed to participate. He had to just throw the ball when like receivers were running route <laughs> he, drills. He was one of those guys. Yeah, he was. That probably you, you know you probably get all the the Under Armour swag and and probably like I don't know a few meals at all at that nearby extra restaurants. hotel soap bars that you can grab from uh, the carts. Yeah, yeah, from the Holiday Inn Express. Worth it. Yeah, totally. Tom Savage played most of this game for he's the hurt. Texans and nothing, nothing. I, he's he's out for a while. I can't remember what I read the injury was, but he's out for a while. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess Tom Savage show will have to wait a while. Yeah, maybe later this year. It's a possibility. It Marcus is. Mariota played a little bit in the Titans Vikings game, two or three for seventy four yards and a touchdown before giving way to the likes of Alex Tanney, Zach Mettenberger, and Charlie Whitehurst. Uh, Bishop Sankey had six carries for seventeen yards. I. Still can't get excited about Bishop Sankey unless the price is next to nothing. I just think he busted so badly last year that even if the per carry numbers improve, which they should because Marcus Mariota changes the way opposing defenses have to play, I think it's David Cobb who eventually emerges to have some value in that backfield if anyone does on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I like Cobb more. I don't know what his injury situation is, if he's still questionable or whatever for week one. If he's out for week one, I can actually see Sankey being useful in PPR at least because Mariota might need to check down a little bit. No one else is really going to play much for them. So he could get volume, and if the price is right, then it could pay off. Had an Isaiah Isaiah Peed sighting in the Rams Chiefs matchup. I imagine he'll be cut very soon. Uh, Fifteen or so twelve carries for fifty two yards and a touchdown. Very few starters played in this one. We saw Tavon Austin a little bit, and I mean, there may be a few listeners out there who still think that Tavon Austin could turn into a useful weapon someday. But is that really going to happen? Are you really out there? I don't think that person's out there. Hit us up on Twitter if you exist. Prove that you exist if you still think Tavon Austin is interesting <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint. Because there's got to be at least one person listening. Who's you better have a verified it. check or I'm not believing it anyway. <laughs> It'll be a made-up account that doesn't have any followers. It's a troll. It's the first Only tweet. a troll would say that. Probably. Not much to, to note here from the Broncos and Cardinals. Monte Ball, 16 carries for 27 yards. Probably not going to work here anymore, I think, if you're looking at him. In we the might, we of, might the see Broncos. him end up in that Dallas backfield, making it even more boring than it already is. Who knows? Is anyway, he, Would he even be good there, though? Like, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's a very good player. I didn't like him that much as a prospect. Uh, he, he went ahead of Eddie Lacy, though. Brett Bielema was playing him ahead of Melvin Gordon. Yeah, well, that how do you if you get the chance to do that, you just got to do it every time. Oh man, I you know there are things about Bert that I miss, but I still get enough uh, good images from the internet. Of course, Twitter is good for that. You know, Bert wearing a grill cover at the handshakes, mm. Bert taking on the physical appearance of a Razorback as he continues to just oh, yeah. kind of expand and and get more like grizzly that red tan on the belly. Yeah, he gets he gets pretty becoming gets pretty the charred. mascot. Gets He's charred. becoming the mascot. <laughs> he is becoming the mascot. Uh, Jared Hayne, 10 carries for 58 yards in the Niners Chargers matchup. If he makes the roster, I think he's kind of interesting, but that's like Sorry, what's his name? Jared Hayne, the oh, the, I don't the, know who that is. the uh the Australian rugby star who's been in camp with, with the Niners and has been with them for the entire preseason. Oh, cool. Uh, he's looked pretty good as a kick returner, good vision, pretty good after contact. Like I said, he has to hang around, probably play special teams, probably going to be inactive for a few weeks. But if he's on that roster, a couple backs get hurt. I don't know. Maybe there's a chance he has some value at some point this year, but most likely it's not going to happen. Last game, Raiders and Seahawks. I'm so thankful this is the very last preseason game we're going to talk about for a very long time. Hurry and leave preseason. Hurry. Russell Wilson threw one pass, and it was a 63-yard touchdown strike to Tyler Lockett, who actually had a really good preseason overall, showing his explosive ability as a kick returner, contributing a little bit on offense. On a team that has such boring receivers, I could see Lockett actually being the player they thought they were going to get with Percy Harvin a few years ago. Yeah, I I think he's a really good player. I uh, I think he can be a Deshaun Jackson kind of player at least. And uh, yeah, if there's if there's kind of like a John Brown surprise, uh, you know, receiver of the slot build and you know the speed that, that like that, I think it's Lockett. If they let him play, he'll produce. I just I don't know if they'll play him much. 
I think he'll definitely be in the, the kick return game. Oh, yeah, he will. But, yeah, as far as snaps on offense, maybe it takes a few weeks before they actually do that now that the games are going to count. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE for free for the next 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. If you're drafting this weekend, just search ROTOWIRE in your app store. You can get our draft kit. It's $4.99. Extremely helpful. You can punch in your league parameters. gives you custom cheat sheets based on your league settings. Thanks again for listening. Have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. Nick and I will be back with you on Monday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.